Hey everyone, and welcome to the Unforeseen Journey podcast. So first of all, to hit up why there's the uh, lack of that uh, jingly introduction that I've, I've been playing up to this point, and in truth, it's just to give me the opportunity to speak about what feels most like relevant at the moment. And um, if you've been following me on social media, which probably do if you listen to this, you will notice there's been a significant, I would believe there's been a significant change in the way I'm speaking on there and just sounded a lot more like me. And uh, as I spoke about last week, there's been some things that have happened that have, that have caused that, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fucking liberating. Uh, and I think you can really easily fall into this trap of like, oh, well, you're a coach on there. You have to um, think about your ideal client and specifically speak to that person, et cetera, et cetera. And the way it's kind of switched in my head is just to kind of go, well, the audience is there. I'm going to speak to them like without stress, without worry, with things that feel authentic to me. And bizarrely, like from that, I've had so many more conversations. So uh, I removed the jingle just because I want to have the freedom to speak about what I want and what is uh, clearly most engaging for people to speak with me about at the moment. So yeah, there we go. That's why I removed it. Um, and to share with you, like, I'm way more excited about doing this now because I feel like the, the, the limits are off and I can just speak about the things that are, are true to me. And I've, I've been true and honest about a lot of my own journey, but I've still held a lot of maybe opinion back and I've been conscious of not, uh, ruffling feathers and, um, trying to present this kind of idea of being like, well, you know, I've gone on a journey and it's all polished now and. You know, you present, you know, you present the finished product, but you know, fuck that, like present the process, like present that because I think that's way more authentic than projecting out into the world that you've got this, oh, I've got this named coaching system, which is my ultimate coaching, coaching model. And I, I've been around coaching long enough now to know that coaching is a constant journey. It's a constant process of evolution and change. And if as a coach, you would you know, do the same thing a year back that you would do now with a client, then you're not learning, you're not growing, and therefore you're kind of dying as a coach. So yeah, it's been super fucking liberating and I'm excited to have this conversation today. Openly drink Coke Zero on camera. <laughs> Just drink my water. Um, yeah, anyway, so CrossFit, lessons, musings, and people being dicks. Uh you can probably imagine from that, there's going to be some stuff today that is going to uh, offend a few people. And if you're one of those people, then like truly and honestly, you can just go fuck yourself. Like, I don't care. I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this to share stories, to be honest. And um, it is what it is. Like, I literally don't care. So there you go. If it offends you, then it's about you. Then you can fucking stop following me and just disappear out of any kind of part of my life you're not welcome in it so i i thought the conversation me and crossfit was kind of dumb but having done a few posts on this last week i've got more people wanting conversations around it more engagement if that's what you want to measure um but just more people interested in in, in that that side of it and i want to share this with you i think as i've gone through these different evolutions as a coach one of my biggest mistakes is kind of almost like turning my back on where I'm going. And I want to share that with you today. Like, um, I, 
I, I need to bring you with me on this journey and I need to communicate with you the reasons why I've done what I've done in my coaching career. I want to share uh, my, my mistakes with you on that journey. And hopefully if I share that with you, you will understand where I am, where I am now as, as a coach who coaches a vast number of different areas and, uh, you know, largely online, well, still a bit of, do a bit of CrossFit coaching, which I genuinely love doing. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of why I'm doing this really. And I want to cover four things today and I've got... Again, I thought I'd, I'd kind of done on this, and I wrote some notes, and I've ended up writing like four pages of stuff. So I'm going to work through this as quickly and succinctly as I can, so not waste your time if you're listening to this. But this episode is going to be for you if you are involved in CrossFit or fitness in any way. And I want to talk about what I view as my observations of the pros and cons of CrossFit in this current model. I want to talk about how we handled the transition going from a CrossFit gym to an OPEX gym, which is where you do individual design, individual coaching. Um, the reason why we fucked that up so much. I don't want to share a bit of a story about the way that went down that I've not been open about. That um, I was way too polite about at the time, but nah, I'm not going to be polite about it anymore. And I'm going to share it with you for what it's worth. Like I'm, I'm, I'm beyond it. I'm past it. But equally, like, I think there's a lesson to be learned and something to put out in the universe about the way you conduct yourself in business that um, ultimately I think is, you know, just a dickish behavior. So I want to share that with you. And then I want to talk about individual design, pros and cons as a model, um, something I'm still very invested in as a coach. Like I work individually people with people that have individual prescriptions, but as a gym model, I think there are some big shortcomings to the way it's run and the way it's structured. And I... I don't know how you could do that effectively as a solo model, but I do believe there is a hybrid way to manage both of these kind of methodologies into something really beautiful, which is what I want to talk about at the end. <laughs> but in no way is this me saying I want to get back into owning and running a gym. Not a chance. <clears throat> Not a chance. I, I think uh, once you've been burned significantly by an experience, you're never going to want to go back, you know, it's now, you know, many things in life. You never go back, do you? Just, you know, you look back on things with rose-tinted spectacles, it comes back into your life. <laughs> never great the second time around. So yeah, here we go. Let's get into it. CrossFit. And I, I don't know why I need to say this, but look, honestly, like I fucking love CrossFit. It's changed how I train. I still train in a, a crossfit kind of way every day like I vary what i do it's more functional and i don't sit on machines and stuff um you know i i love the feeling of intensity at appropriate points and i think that's probably the thing to, to talk about a bit more as we go on and um so so crossfit as a methodology has absolutely changed my life it's given me the opportunity to um get out of a very linear structured career as a police officer and to help people in a really significant way so i never want to make light of that and i never want this to come across as me slagging off something which i think is really beautiful at its, at its core um and i think that's it it's at its core it's a really beautiful thing so if you've been around crossfit long enough you you may have read the original crossfit kind of like documents that Greg Glassman, the guy who came up with it, who's fucking absolute lunatic, because you know he got binned out of CrossFit a few years ago for I don't know for a number of stuff. 
I don't think all of it came out, but there you go. I don't want to say too much. Like it threatened and sued uh, again by them. Um, so yeah, I think it's something, something really beautiful in the the principles and the methodology. I think what's beautiful about it is that it's a, a multidiscipline approach to fitness. I think for me, that's something that I always found like attracted to because it's like there's an infinite amount of things you can learn in this to get good at it. And it wasn't just like a, a, a workout where you just kind of just do it. There's always something else to get from it. And I think the other beautiful thing was, which I think is the beautiful thing about CrossFit is it allows you and affords you the opportunity and the chance to really get to know yourself and your body and what it's capable of. I don't think you can experience in many other fitness domains, even things like obstacle rules, course racing and stuff like that. They're, they're like one thing, whereas CrossFit is this beautiful multidisciplinary way of approaching fitness. Um, but unfortunately, I think as we think of CrossFit now, if you were to ask people in the street, if they, you know, you said like, what's CrossFit? They would think of the WOD, you know, the WOD is the, the workout of the day. And that is generally thought of as being this, this kind of high intensity, balls to the wall, like going nuts kind of thing. And so therefore, because the common understanding of what CrossFit is, is associated with this high intensity going nuts kind of thing um it's lost the the principles some of the principles so if you go back to like the original crossfit programming they would have like strength days heavy days skill days as well as intense days but they balance those things out uh, and i think one of the big problems now is it's trying to create clarity and if they if they truly care about this as an organization about you know i'd imagine their mission is something like improving health or whatever it is they truly care about that they need to kind of pull that conversation back and try and pull it away from this concept of just being about going nuts all the time and i also think the other thing that's kind of fucked them up is how the, the crossfit games has become the figurehead of what crossfit represents for a lot of people and the games weren't around at the start of crossfit it was something that came in later years and it needs to be understood that crossfit as a sport is so so different as crossfit as a as a a methodology to pursue fitness and if you understand that and accept that there's there's a tremendous amount of growth that can happen this side of the, of the continuum if you pursue it for fitness but if you think the highest order version of crossfit is always sport it's it's a, it's a completely fucked model because if you're pursuing anything for sport and performance you're sacrificing health and this is a continuum that i learned from one of my like, best mentors of all time, James Fitzgerald, is this like, continuum of like, you know, health and performance. Like the further you go towards performance, the further you go away from health. And simply the reason for that is, is that you're expressing what the body is fully capable of at the, the limits. Whereas if you're doing this to pursue health, like fitness to pursue health, it's just achieving the dose response required to get the adaption that you want. And... I think that's that's a problem with CrossFit because we now view CrossFit as being always intensity and about the sport of CrossFit. And so if there was a way to to further it, I would say it would be to have a conversation around how do we do that? How do we bring that back to people realizing? I think they tried to do it with CrossFit Health and they really fucked that up because they, they just then put guys with like watering cans standing in front of their sofa and I was like, no one's going sorry, no one's going to sign up for that. That isn't it. Like, like you go, you go too far the other way with it. So, 
I think that was that was one of their issues over the years. Is that they've they've tried to do it, but they've really fucked up how they've done that. So, some of the pros for me from owning and running a CrossFit gym over the years, I want to talk through them. Um, it's great for community. It's great for camaraderie in the best sense of those words. When it's working well and there's no egos, it's great. Like there's this thing that happens through collective uh, pursuits of suffering and endurance and something would just bring people together. I think about having better the years in the police. There's, there's why I think police and shift workers get so tired. That's probably why there's a lot of affairs and stuff like that as well. Is because you endure things together in a in a collective way, and that creates a bond that is rarely experienced outside of 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 like in normal life. You don't experience that generally in the office. It's experienced through kind of extremes. So I think that's one of the really beautiful power thing powerful things through CrossFit group training that can happen. But the opposite of that, and to flip it, is that I think there are a lot of people who um, get involved with CrossFit, unfortunately, as a way to band-aid a significant feeling of a lack of self-worth on their own part. And fuck me, I'm sorry if that offends you, but it's true. Like, a lot of people are doing this to, like, band-aid, not just fitness, but because of something that is missing in their lives. They're either you know, lack social circles or they're doing it to numb themselves from life, uh, which is crazy when you think about it, but something I've seen so much over the years. You know, you hate your job, you hate your relationship. What's the solution to that? I'm basically going to go into the gym and just bang my head against the wall for an hour because that numbing of pain will take me away from actually thinking about how much I fucking hate my life. Um, wow, that's, that's, you know, how, how can that be good? It's not good for you. Like if it, and if, and if I exist within this realm of coaching and fitness to help improve people's lives, we've got to stand up and say that that shit is fucked up and it needs to stop. And it's our duty as coaches and gym owners to recognize that behavior and to go, oh, well, you know, they're just working some shit. No, that's not good enough. That's what I did. It wasn't good enough. I should have stood up, had clear interventions with people from a place of love and caring, not even thinking that I could really solve it for them, but knowing that, you know, they're coming into my gym and physically doing themselves harm in some way. You're enabling that to happen, which completely goes against the morals of coaching or anything, which is like, you know, to do no harm and to actually help people. So great things about CrossFit group training are, are that you get to train together, you get to build camaraderie. In this day and age, we're all isolated. I'm saying this sitting in my room doing this alone. Connection is massive. So I think there's something about training alongside other people for a lot of people that is really beneficial. All right. Um, but as I saw, one of the big limiters to it, like Dan and I, who we owned a gym, the limiter to the group model is that beyond a certain point your rate of adaption and progress will stall and mm, often you let get get injured and end up like taking a step back and the reason for this is obviously that it's a it's a group setting it's a generic workout so at a certain point you're going to reach a, a limit of what you're able to develop within that group setting to take you to the next level 
especially because CrossFit is so skill-based, like there's rarely the opportunity to really develop those skills in a group setting. And like, honestly, I want to share this with you. Like if you want to get good at CrossFit, it's not just about fitness. It's about learning to move really efficiently, really well so that you can learn to pace and learn to move and learn to kind of hit those workouts without redlining, um, as I'll, I'll talk about in a bit. Um, and I think that's something that is lost in the group setting. But the, the, the beautiful thing that does happen is if you, if you go to CrossFit, you've not done much before, you're going to have this like 12 to 18 months where you're just going to be like incredible and you're going to experience massive progress, massive gains, et cetera, et cetera, um, with some exceptions, which I'll talk about, but then it's going to stop. And we recognize that with running a CrossFit gym is that generally 18 months in, people start to fall off and then they go. And that's not an ideal model if you want to create a, a service-based business that has long-term retention so we really struggled with that um and yeah and talking again like some of the the the, the negatives of the uh the group model <laughs> wow i'm all comfortable saying this jeez but the, the truth is uh you get a lot of people with egos and it gets very clicky or it can get very clicky and that the egos, from my experience, are generally guys 40 plus who still think they're in their 20s, who still think they're capable of expressing physical fitness as if they're in their 20s. And they are so closed off to the idea that that isn't the case, that they're uncoachable. And there's nothing more frustrating as a coach to try and to show up and want to help someone. And they just don't fucking listen. Like, oh God, it's, it's like the most frustrating thing. So... I actually just call people out on it now and probably sound like a bit of a dick when I do, but I don't know. I don't care. Like if you want to actually get better, you've got to let go of that. You're not 20 anymore. Just get over it. And it's a big thing, not just in fitness, but in everything in life is that the ego specifically for guys at some point will crush you because it's not setting you up for success. In some ways you can leverage the power of that ego to maybe, you know, excel in certain situations, but wow for me if i reflect back on some of my decisions over the years especially business decisions that were fueled by my ego they were never good decisions they were never good decisions so yeah and to be honest like the other side of that is women like fuck, we had some clicky fucking groups at the gym and it was always women they were bitch and moan and i guess in truth i'm sharing this wow again i'm sharing shit that i might think in my head this has been in there, but I've never shared it. But I think um, the way I perceived it from my observations, and that's it, it's observation alone, is that men would kind of push themselves based on what they were capable of. But there was little uh, comparison to what others were doing. They just had this lofty idea of what they should do. But with women, as I observed it in a CrossFit capacity, or even fitness in the normal gyms now, it's like there's a constant um threat detection mode that is going on and they're trying to assess every other woman around them based on this like hierarchy which they think should exist within this structure and because it comes like a community and a tribe clearly there's some kind of pecking order which exists and in, in my experience from what i saw from owning and running across the gym for a number of years that became super toxic from the the, the female point of view and it it really excluded and pushed out a lot of women into 
into it, from the gym. Like they would turn up, they would get an experience of this clicky bullshit, and they would go. And you're like, that's a shame because that person could have really had a good experience here, but because of this this group of, of uh, women, um, it, yeah, it was it was it was not good. And reflecting back upon that time, I should have taken, or we should have taken. Uh, more decisive action with that and and set a clear parameter for what we considered appropriate and inappropriate behavior i remember when we tried to we did change the gym from crossfit to opex which i'll talk about openly and there's stephanie's and things i fucked up like if you even tried to start a petition about n us not changing <laughs> and anyway in hindsight i probably wouldn't have changed in the way we did but still to have the assumptive arrogance that you're in some way entitled to change the direction of a business based on what the owner wants to do was this toxic sense of entitlement and in truth this clicky ego shit was one of the big catalysts for me wanting to change i just i didn't want that around me anymore i didn't want that that crap i wanted people to work out intentionally and enjoy themselves and i i kind of like burnt my house down burnt our house down because i was so sick of some of those aspects of it another thing to talk about i think is is, is money and yeah this is just a reflection of the time i think there was this perception that dan and i were like caning it or even like when dan stepped away from the gym like we were caning it we never earned more than minimum wage in our years owning a gym Never. And that's probably our shortcomings as business owners. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing. And there's definitely a way to make it profitable. Although I'd say now with the cost of running a facility, it's probably becoming harder and harder and harder. But I think I think people thought we were like absolutely smashing it. And it's what the thing that I think wore us down is that energetically running a business is so demanding. Energetically coaching is so demanding. And then... In truth, like the the positive conversations I would have and positive experiences I was having that in that realm of CrossFit and this I know assumption that we were somehow like rolling in it just just got to me. It got to me way more than it probably should. That's a big lesson there. So getting back to talking about the pros and cons of it, again, I think part of the issue right now is that CrossFit has become associated with crossfit as a sport and it's become associated with this idea of a constant push towards intensity and uh even though i know that's in some of the language they use which is kind of a fucking problem is that if you were to to remove that and introduce a model of like progressive programming for people the balanced intensity frequency volume you would have a really beautiful model of fitness for longevity and to just look good and feel good but I don't know. I think it's too far down that that path to change. The other issue is is when, say, if you've got someone brand new to fitness, never done anything before, I've never done any strength training, like particularly strength training, resistance training. They're coming in and they're pursuing a sport which has a lot of dynamic movements, a lot of dynamic weighted movements, a lot of dynamic unweighted movements, and that's a real fucking problem, especially. Um, you know, with the weighted stuff, things like Olympic weightlifting, which is a, a sport in and of itself, gymnastics, all the, the kind of kipping stuff. There is a place for that. But in truth, I think you've got to earn the right and develop the base to be able to express that in a way that is safe and effective. Because otherwise, you're just going to get injuries. And again, as I said in this 
Instagram post of the day. I don't feel like it's controversial to say now that there's a significant number of people who will get shoulder injuries if they are not conditioned appropriately when they get exposed to things in CrossFit. I don't, I don't know like that's, that doesn't feel controversial to me. It's truth. And it leading on from that, as I've experienced over the years, part of this language around intensity and the wad part of, of the workout, it induces in people this like beast mode. And so as a coach, you would have like 40 minutes with someone and they're moving really well you know, skill work's going on, you're getting them like moving really efficiently, they're doing good, and all of a sudden, that 10 second countdown, the three, two, one, and they just go nuts. They lose all sense of like movement, and it's, it's comical to see it, and you're like, you were just moving really well. What has happened there? And I think it's that bias towards like, well, it's the what, I've got to go fucking hard. And if you watch any good CrossFit athlete, they are moving really well at a really lovely defined pace as appropriate for them but this kind of like beast mode thing i think is is really common when people hear that buzzer it's it's, it's crazy and you know inevitably as you imply, apply intensity to something your heart rate is going to elevate as it becomes elevated you're going to be less capable of expressing fine motor pattern movements such as olympic weightlifting gymnastics etc etc so what's the solution there well it needs to be scaled appropriately for where you're at so you're still able to express the essence of that movement without compromising form so much you get injured but most people don't want to scale because they feel like it's a dick measuring contest and if they scale it's somehow like an inferiority thing <clears throat> and um it's hard to coach that effectively in a group model especially in big groups i think probably the maximum size for group coaching is 12 at a push with one coach i would say anything above eight generally i would love to have two coaches in there but i think if you want to actually have some effective interventions in terms of coaching like bigger groups than that you're not you're not coaching you're instructing and there's a significant difference between the two instructing is saying right this is what we're going to do today coaching is setting out that intention for what you're going to do and helping people achieve the goal. Um, and there's a big difference. Uh, and that's, that's again, like, again, one of the big issues with it is that you can go on a weekend seminar as I did, and then you open a gym and uh, it's, it's crazy. And when you're under the banner of a CrossFit gym, you have very free and liberal use to do what you want, uh, because the methodology is so wide and yeah, that's a great thing in some ways. People can express what their version of CrossFit is, but it's also really negative because you get a lot of really shit CrossFit gyms. There's a lot. I've been to some real shockers over the years. There's been good ones as well, but there's some really shit ones out there. So I don't know. That was That's my views on CrossFit. It's a beautiful methodology if it's applied in the right way. And there's so much... That I think could be achieved from it if we could steer the ship in a slightly different direction and change the narrative about what we think it is. But this leads me into talking about the the transition we made as a business and really why. I mean, I I'm going to take ownership for this because I own the business with Dan, but I definitely pushed him towards making the decision we did, and I'm going to completely own it as being on me. Although as a joint decision, I think I, I had a lot of influence there, and why. That was such a kind of a bad thing for us to do. 
so to set the kind of like the the picture i was kind of disillusioned with crossfit i felt like i wasn't um like it was just all the clicky stuff i just kind of fed up with it i, I you know i just didn't get anything out of the coaching experience there and about that time if you go back to the first episode this is when i went to ibiza i did a pill and ibiza and i had this sudden moment of awakening which it, I can't begin to describe the transition that happened in a matter of minutes where the way I looked at the world in one way changed so significantly. And I recognized from that moment now that changed everything about what I wanted to achieve in life as a, a person and as a coach. And specifically as a coach, I had this deep desire to have these deeper conversations to kind of try and help people open their eyes to living in a way that is, I believe, way more authentic and connected with, I don't know, spiritually or energetically the way we should be living. And it's not like I know how we should be living, but I just think there's this, this, this like mm, shroud over the way we live our lives and it just numbs us from actual experiences that matter. And so I had this moment and then it affected what I wanted to do in every part of my life so I wanted to go deeper but the mistake I made was is that I I I didn't separate what I wanted to do as a coach and what was probably the best thing for the business and so we made that decision kind of one or two years after that to transition out from being a CrossFit gym to being an OPEX gym um, and that was a really poor business decision because I, I mistakenly thought that it would be a, a transition where people would go, well, this is what we did and this is what we're going to do. Like it's, a, it's a, you know, it's on the same spectrum of fitness, but in truth it wasn't, it was completely, completely different. It was like, I know, imagine if you owned a Chinese restaurant and then you trans transitioned it into owning an Indian restaurant. That's not a transition. That's a change. It's a change of business. And effectively, what we did, we we went from a a group based model of fitness that promoted intensity to an individual based model of fitness that promoted holistic training and introspection. And if you think of these things in terms of motivation, like intrinsic, extrinsic, like um, I think many people who do CrossFit are extrinsically motivated without any judgment. They need that community aspect to enjoy fitness for what it's worth. But uh, with individual design, it's really intrinsic. It's about self. And so therefore, um, the personality types that are going to be attracted to both those models are so completely different. You know, it's uh, CrossFit's, you know, a lot more like out there, you know, extroverted and OPEX is a lot more introverted um, for, for, for what it's worth. Um, so the mistake we made or I made was thinking that there would be this easy transition, but it wasn't. It was um, it was not, not ideal. And I think I failed to recognize that as a person. I failed to recognize that what was probably best for the business was not the same as what was best for me as a coach. Uh, and I should have honored that. And instead of burning my house down which is like a common theme uh, throughout my life I should have taken a minute to think things a bit more objectively and less emotionally and thinking well how can I uh, apply the principles of what I believe are like 
you know, beautiful around the individual design model and blend it into such a way that we could have the benefit of, of both. And here's the thing, as I begin to talk about OPEX, I want to say it's the most significant thing I've done in my coaching career that still is so embedded in me today in terms of the principles, like the BLGs, the methodology of training that I think is, there's such, such a deep, profound effect on me that um, I can't slag it off because it, I, I, I'm wholly invested in, in, in what they say in terms of principles. I think the only criticism I can have, which is on me, is not recognizing that there's no such thing as a, a transition from group to individual design. It's changing your business. And it's honoring the fact that that is effectively a new business you're going to start. And I, I didn't I didn't recognize that at the time. And I don't think I, I communicated it eloquently enough to the people who were, were supporting us. I think I, I yeah, we, we fucked up a lot of the communications there. And um, uh, it it was not a smooth transition. <laughs> if I look back, that's probably the start of this period of just life being particularly challenging was when we made that decision, which I think was like 2018. So it's probably like 2018, yeah, like four or five years of being pretty stressful because uh, we made that transition, lost a lot of members. Plus side is we lost a lot of dickheads, so that was good. Um, but we had, a, we had a sketchy few months. I remember Dan and I really stressing about that decision and... Um, yeah, I would do things differently as I've gone to talk about now. The other thing to talk about this is, yeah, what, what I wanted to speak on today, which I've never really shared, is that as we we went through this transition, and it, it, in hindsight, I probably wouldn't have done it in that way, but the thing that happened that um, it's something that's worth speaking about, I think it's principle-based, because I think I'm really into principles and values, being honest, being authentic, being kind, being kind in such a way, like treat people how you want to be treated. And this is an example, I think, a business of someone not showing good principles. And um, so if you know who I'm talking about here, and if it's even you, you can definitely at this point go fuck yourself. I was way too polite to you at the time. But um, we we changed and whatever, like we changed. And uh, one of our coaches recognized that there was a hole in the market for a CrossFit gym. And I have no judgment for them for doing that. But there's a way in which you do things which I think are a reflection upon your truest character. And the people he aligned with and did that at the time are of equal um, value in my mind at this point. And so they kind of um, went behind our backs. The coach in particular um, did his best to uh, manipulate relationships in the gym to create connections. So that therefore, when he was able to launch his CrossFit gym, which was conveniently just as we were coming out of COVID, just brought Dan out as a particularly stressful time. He thought he would announce this too. Um, yeah, he, he kind of sucked a load of people away from the gym. And, and again, there's no judgment for someone recognizing the hole in the market. But when you see someone manipulate a relationship to leverage what you've built to give themselves a foot up in business, well, that's kind of fucked. And um, you have a distinct lack of principles and morals, in my opinion. And I was so polite to you at the time. And uh, that's one of my regrets is not speaking like my truth as I saw it and not calling it out and saying, you're a fucking piece of shit for doing that. And um, whatever, like I have no qualms about saying this now because like, who the fuck are you to me? And um, I hear a lot of shit about what you've got there. So fair play. Sounds like you've got another mess of a gym. Um, wolf, jeez. 
sounds harsh. <laughs> Might edit that out. I mean, fuck it. I'm just going to leave it in. Um, so anyway, I never said that, but I've said it now. Yeah, on to more positive stuff. So, made the change to OPEX. Um, individual design, great. Uh, and here's, here's the kind of the pros and cons with individual design versus this group. The capacity for you to grow and actually progress over time is infinite if you're following a individual design plan because quite simply it's based around you where you are etc etc and it's it's good and uh, but the, the thing i loved about it is that it's very holistic in nature and it's not just about fitness it's about nutrition it's about how you're living your life honoring the energy of like the body and um yeah it's just beautiful the the the, the methodology there really aligns with me for what it's worth and actually if you don't know much of the history about it those guys opex and the crossfit actually used to be kind of like uh work together the guy who uh who uh started opex won the first crossfit game so at a certain point they were realigned and then shit happened and then whatever it is um but but here's here's the downside for individual design for for why i think uh, it is it, i saw it the gym's model of it uh and, and i say this again with the greatest respect for the methodology but as a gym's model it's really quite hard to operate because it's very everyone's doing their own thing so therefore if you still want to have a community kind of feel to it it's really really tough it's really challenging and because of the type of program you're following there which is like individual design self-led etc etc think people are generally as personality types going to be a lot more closed off to the community kind of vibe you would want to have so it's just yeah, no, in truth, in, in the gym setting, it's just a bit more boring and it's just not as fun. And so I think that's, you know, if I weigh up both of those models over the years, like the, the I don't know, the, the positive community aspects, the joint suffering, the camaraderie of CrossFit versus the, I don't know, the, <laughs> the, the working in isolation and, um, the inability to build a community in the individual design setting. I've got to arrive at a point that actually maybe there's a sweet spot between both of them. And if I could do things differently, that is probably what I would arrive at, some kind of conclusion where I would um, try and blend the two. And uh, I think that the problem is, is that because these guys aren't friends, they don't want to believe that there's like a hybrid way of doing that. But in truth, I think there would be. And I think that's... Uh, that's one model I tried to implement before we shut the gym, but it just didn't turn the ship fast enough. But if I could go back and do it again, it would be this kind of, um, this blend. So what would that look like? <clears throat> I think to start this conversation, you've got to understand for a lot of people that fitness isn't just about the results. It's about the experience of getting those results. And the mistake I made, which I spoke about in a uh, Instagram post the other day, is that I was skewed towards delivering results at the expense of experience. And uh, that that ultimately led to people getting less optimal results because they wouldn't enjoy the experience. Right? So CrossFit in the group model gives you a fucking great, fun experience. But what it doesn't give you long-term is the best results. It's impossible that it can beyond a certain point of adaption because you're following a generic program. However, I believe that there is a lot more benefit to 
a group model of coaching because of the the mental health benefits, the connection benefits, the things you get from being along other people in real life these days. So I think it's such a benefit to that kind of training. However, I think um, if I was to kind of do it again, it would be some kind of a model where you you do maybe a number of group sessions a week, you know, you get a good sweat on, have a good time, et cetera, et cetera. But then you have like your own uh, individual program, which you do aside that. And it could maybe be one or two sessions a week. It doesn't have to be fully individualized. It could just be built or based on qualities. Like, so if you're just trying to gain muscle or you want to lose a bit of fat, you're just focusing on health and longevity, you know, it doesn't have to be fully bespoke, but there's a, there's a way to, to blend those two, I think. Um, but you'd have to set a few things in place to make it effective and cut some of the bullshit. So from the, the group model, I think what you would have to do, uh, and again, I'm going to uh, lean on uh, James Fitzgerald. One of the things he said to me over the years, and it's really stuck with me over the years, I've really understood this in, in exercise design and prescription, is that it's not just enough to give someone the prescription, right? This is what you're going to do. Because without an intention, you can't steer someone towards the results you want them to experience. Or I hope that makes sense, right? So if you don't tell people what they're supposed to do and to communicate clearly how that should feel and the intention of that, then you you can't, then what you're going to get is completely chaos. So I think if you were going to have a group model of coaching, the intention would be the base prior to prescription, right? So before you go, I don't know, whatever the workout is, you would go, the intention with this workout is to experience this. And it might be, hey, let's experience a... Um, a heavy load of squat, whatever, I don't know, approaching near failure by your last rep, whatever it is. Or it might be aerobically to experience a sustained 15-minute um, workout where you are operating at a consistent pace throughout that, that time. And I think intention would have to form the base, and then from that you can put the prescription on top of it. The trouble is that with that is, is that I think you would have to be really strict on the people coming in and without sounding elitist oh, I don't care it's not sound elitist it's about because when I say something that sounds elitist it's only coming from a place of caring or wanting people to have the best experience and get the best possible results from it is that you'd have to be clear on that people if they're signing up for this this isn't just like you turn up and you go bang into a wall and just throw yourself at it this is about understanding the intention of what you're supposed to be feeling that day and tuning into that with your body. And as I circle and find it, I can feel a circle back on the things I've spoken about recently in the terms of emotional fitness. And one part of that is developing intentional movement practice. I think there's a way that you could do that in the group model. If you prioritize intention and you deliver it in such a way to people that you can say that if you do this, your ability to create a better relationship with yourself in every aspect of your life as you understand your body and what it's capable of is going to benefit you massively. This is why we should prioritize this. I think it would really help people. Um, I think also if you're going to do the, the group model, it should be smaller groups to actually have a, you know, a significant impact on people in that, that coaching format. And yeah, you've just got to be honest with people about intention and that they're there for the right reasons. Not... Not, not to sound like a dick, but just so that this comes from a place of caring and for you to actually want to get the most out of this. And in truth, I think people think 
fitness is largely like I just you turn up and do it but actually if you want to get really fit it's most of the adaptions in fitness or a lot of the adaptions I think in my own growth in fitness has come from an inner awareness rather than an outer awareness so yeah there we go that's uh that's my thoughts on it i don't know what it's worth to you i don't know if that helps you i know there's some shit i just said there that i'm slightly worried about but it is what it is um yeah and the last thing to say if you were to kind of orchestrate this hybrid model of running a gym the the the, the things you would come up against so logistically the floor space how you run a schedule and stuff like that if, if you could you could definitely do it but you would have to have somewhere where you could have the opportunity to run the group sessions and have the individual kind of design bit going on uh um somewhere else and then the thing that you would want to do to still tie it all together is to really build a community and a community that is engaged in um education um towards leading um their own versions of an individually fulfilling life and a collective community of people who come together and share experiences and proceed on from there um so yeah as with anything like i want to put out that this is subject to change that in three years from now i'll probably have a completely different opinion um but i think i'm far enough away from this experience now to honestly reflect upon the mistakes i made of which there were many the main one being that transition that was born out of selfish reasons really because i wanted to pursue that in my coaching i didn't recognize that for the business and for the people in it there was a way we could have done it that would have been better. Um, and yeah, I don't think I'd ever own a gym again. And no, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't. It would have to be completely free of me worrying about any of the responsibilities like paying bills. Like there would no, be no way I'd ever want to get involved in doing that again. Um, not a chance. If you want to ask me any questions about this or if you've got an opinion on it, um, like share it with me. Right. If, if I sh I'm sharing an opinion because I think there's a, some validity to me sharing it. I share it from a place of experience and not just from being like a keyboard warrior. I've been in the ground, on the ground, grinding away, running a gym for a number of years. So hopefully you can understand that whatever I say today is, is meant with no ill intention. If you are running a gym and you feel like this is kind of like beating you up. Certainly I've shared some things here, spoken a bit of truth on some people. Um, but again, I share that because I'm just communicating a lot more authentically and uh, openly now. And um, it's quite cathartic to get things out that have been in there for a while. So, yeah, hopefully yeah, hopefully you've stayed on board for this. This has gone way longer than I thought, which shows there's much more for me to talk about than I imagined. So that's it. That's it for this week. I think next week I want to give you kind of an idea. I'm going to start going through some case studies for coaching to talk through how I'd approach that to give you a bit more insight into the the coaching journey with people um not not just as a way to sell you into it completely isn't that it's to give you actual actionable advice that you can take forward into your life and if there ever comes an opportunity where you feel like that that would be better served if we had a a one-to-one -one relationship through coaching then that's awesome but my goal with this with the socials now is to speak really authentically to share my thoughts on things for what they're worth at this moment in time and to uh, help people in the most highest order way I can think of doing that at this moment. And that is free of bullshit, free of uh, inauthenticity and free of this idea of 
feeling like you need to fit in a box as a coach or as a human in general and just being who you are and being okay with that. Cool. Take care.